0: think we can give her another hand. Didn't didn't see that one coming and all God's people say. Um, Well, our next Sunday is going to be a big Sunday for us uh, and a big Sunday I believe for what God has called us to do. Our next Sunday we're going to be speaking at both service that God is not silent on sexual abuse. Amen. Come on, let's give God <laughs> praise. Amen. It's going to be a, a powerful time for whatever God wants to do. It's a risk, uh, but uh, I heard a preacher say, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. And so we're going to believe God that he's going to minister. We encourage you to bring people to this place who need to hear this word and who need to be in this pool of Bethesda where there is the opportunity for healing. Amen. There's the opportunity healing. Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 41 and I'm reading from the uh, actually through 42. And I'm reading from the uh, Passion Translation. It says, as Jesus, were, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. They came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Say her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated, finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests, plural. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. The Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you so upset? Turn to somebody and say, why are you so upset? So you woke up this morning and didn't see the sun. Amen. Why are you so upset and troubled? Pulled away by all these many distractions. Are they really that important? Mary has discovered the one thing Most important, by choosing, by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. Amen. I'm here to make a case for Martha. I'm here to make a case for Martha. Mary has gotten some bad press. Even reading the number of commentaries, Mary has got, uh, my mouth has gotten some bad press. So I'm here to make a case for Martha. So turn to your neighbor, because you're going to help me with the title. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, yeah. it's, still it's still Martha's house. I don't care what Mary was doing. It's still Martha's house. I, I've i been preaching since I was 19. And I have never seen this scripture. You know, because most of us, we get so caught up with, oh, Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet and and. Martha's the one who, you know, ran out when Lazarus died, and Martha, 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 busy, 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 and I didn't realize that the scripture said it's Martha's house. Now, for some of you who you, you know, we do strength finders, and one of my, my fifth strength is context, and sometimes we take, we take, you know, uh one century Bible history and put it into 21st century. So we're like, so what's the big deal? So so what's the big deal? It's Martha's house. You need to understand for a female, Jewish female back in this day, to own her own house <laughs> was a big deal. Was was unusual. In fact, if it wasn't for these Uh, four or five sisters named the daughters of Zalophiad, a woman wouldn't be able to own property as Jewish women. It's her house. And I, I want to show you the subject that this has got to become Martha's house. Because if this becomes Martha's house, this will be the place of miracles. There's three things that I saw, three qualities that I saw in Martha's house. And there's three qualities that must be in this house. Number one, Martha's house was a welcoming house. Number two, and we've experienced just now, well, Martha's house is a worshiping house. And you're going to help me with this third one. Turn your neighbor and say, neighbor, Martha's house is a working house. Okay, okay, okay. We 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 can't all be caught up in the third glory. Somebody gotta usher. We can't be up there hallelujah. Somebody gotta man the mics. The A V. Okay? Come on, somebody, somebody, right now! While you're freely worshiping God as a parent, someone's over there taking care of your child, so you can be free to worship Him. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, okay. Somebody gets. Somebody got to get some work done. Mm-hmm. Amen. Somebody got to. Somebody got to work, 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 and you know you got to get some work done. Okay. Um, let me just keep preaching. Some people are like, "What are you laughing at?" You ask, ask, ask one of the young people. Ask one of the young people. So let's start with Martha's house is a welcome house. It it is interesting that the word "welcome" it is it is it is derived from two old English word, uh, "will," W I L, and "kuma," will kuma. Kuma means guest. And will in Old English means desired, wanted. So welcome means desired guest, wanted guest. And and what is interesting about this text is that at the beginning of chapter ten, Jesus is sending out his disciples. Okay, and and he's sending them out ahead of him, and he's heading. Now you got to understand that he is heading towards Jerusalem, towards. Uh, his being crucified on the cross within a matter of three, you know, two or three months. So he is, he is heading south towards Jerusalem. And, uh, and he gives them these instructions, and he's, he says, and, and I love when we were doing, our theme is the harvest is ready, but the under theme is living life on mission. And I don't know if many of you remember uh, back during our 91-hour uh, consecration around that time, we had a woman named Pam, I can't remember her last name. Uh, but but she said, um, uh, what's her name? Her name? Her name? Harlem, Okay, whatever. Okay. And 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 anyway, she she said something that was very powerful. She was a missionary, and she says, This is the way she carries out her missions. And that is, she said, uh, when you go into a village, if they welcome you, okay, you bless that place, okay, and number one, eat whatever they give you. Some of you already couldn't be missionaries eat whatever you they give you okay okay number two, heal the sick and number three preach that the kingdom of God is within their reach okay so Jesus is heading south okay and he is welcomed into Mary and Martha's home he's He's welcomed so that's the place where he's going to be staying and and and, and so you need to understand that. That that Martha's house was a house that welcomed people. It was a house that appreciated people. It was a house of appreciation, meaning that obviously uh, the Bible says that they welcomed Jesus. So so uh, Martha's house is a house that welcomes Jesus. Okay, because a lot of houses, a lot of churches don't welcome Jesus. A, a lot of a lot of churches they have their program, and doesn't matter what the Holy Spirit's doing. It's like let's stick with the script. And just in case you think this is a Pentecostal thing, Billy Graham, Billy Graham, that great Pentecostal, Billy Graham, he's not Pentecostal. He said that some of our services are so well run. That if the Holy Spirit didn't show up, we wouldn't even miss him. Mm-hmm. Because if you've been raised in church, you know how to do church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if you were raised in a in a Pentecostal church, you wouldn't even need any of these singers. All you need is a ham and organ, okay, okay, <laughs> to hit one key. And it's over. <laughs> Anybody been to one of those churches? Raise your hand. 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 And I, and I wouldn't even, shoot, forget all this getting a word from the Lord. I could get up here as long as the human him and say, Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> Her fleece was white as snow. Huh? And everywhere that Mary went, that lamb. And there you go, ah, preach, preach. Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Hickory Dickory Dock. <laughs> You'd be walking out there, ooh, didn't we have church? What do you speak on? Oh, oh. <laughs> there are some places that do not welcome Jesus. But the Bible says she didn't just welcome Jesus, she welcomed guests. Guests, plural. She could easily say, "Jesus, you come, but your other twelve nasty disciples, you need to, you all need to move on." But she welcomed guests. There's some churches that don't want guests. <laughs> they, 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 they actually don't want people. How can you tell? When a, when a, when a, when a person comes in their church that they don't know, everybody's looking at them and the look is not thank you for being here it's what are you doing here and they, and I almost like they keep looking at you until you leave i've been in church all my life trust me i've been in one of those like 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 are you in the right place are you sure mm. this can't be one of those churches Amen. this can't be one of those churches one of the things that throw my heart is cuz i i write a personal uh, thank you card a handwritten thank you card to every f- first time guest so I see their cards and one of the things that they always say is that th- they, in fact they say which is sad, they write on the comments thank you for welcoming me mm-hmm. now that may make me feel good but that's that's sad when people yeah. come to church yeah. and they're not guests that are desired so if you're sitting next to somebody that you don't know right now, they look like you never seen them before. Shake their hand and say, "Thank you for coming." Come on, shake it. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. That's very good. Very good. Very good. good. Good, good, good. So the point is, is that Martha's house has got to reflect the cross. That is, we, 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 vertically, we welcome Jesus. Welcome into this place. Welcome unto this broken vessel. You desire to abide in the praises of your people. Come on, folks. So we lift our hands as as we lift our hearts, as we offer up this praise unto your name. But it just can't be vertical. Also, it has to be horizontal. Good to see you, my brother. Good to see you, my sister. Blessings to you. Okay. And so we're talking about the fact that this has to be a welcoming place. Martha was a welcoming person. She was working to make sure Jesus was comfortable. And, mm and, Oh my goodness. <laughs> and she was working to make sure those who Jesus brought with him were comfortable. Someone said, yeah, Jesus, you can come but, you know, that that, that guy who's smoking weed, you know, get him out of here. The guy with his pants down here, get her out of here. The girl who who's wearing the dress that says, lo and behold, get her out of here. You, can, you get that one too get that one ah, that's my wife that's my wife that's my the, <laughs> that was that was a good one the house of god also has to be a worshiping place a worshiping place the, the and that's where Mary comes in she was a worshiper. It, it, in other words, it is a house where the anointing resides. Lady Com didn't know. I said I, when she gave that word. I said, "Did you did you see my note?" She said, "No." And, and 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 Mary in John chapter eleven or twelve, twelve, she she saves up all year a year's salary to buy perfume. To prepare Jesus for His death, and she breaks the perfume and pours it on Him. And the only ones who are complaining are the people who don't want to worship. Mm-hmm. Beware of people who say, "Why? Why are we worshiping Him so long? Why do we keep singing that song? We sang that verse eight hundred times. Can we just stop?" <laughs> I, you know, I could imagine, think about this, folks. Um, um, you know, it, one of those repetitive songs that we sing. Uh, I don't know. Holla, huh? Huh? Yeah. Oh, oh no. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. No, hallelujah actually means, it's, it's a Hebrew word that means praise the Lord, okay? So, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, let's say we sang that 20,000 times. Okay, let's say we sang that, okay? Could you now, now, now picture this so that you can get in your heart what, what's happening? So we're singing hallelujah twenty thousand times. I can imagine God saying, "Okay, that's enough. You've you, you said praise me long enough. Stop it." I can imagine God said, "No, no, you no, know, enough." So my point is, is that folks if your hallelujahs are coming from here the Lord is saying keep worshiping me see worship is and, and and this is just my pet peeve hopefully I'm not in the flesh but I need to get this out worship is not singing slow songs this not this nonsense this, this nonsense about you know you know, um, let me see. Uh, I give you glory. Hey, I give you praise. Because the enemy did not try. That's praise. But, you know, hallelujah. You have. Wo- That's worship. That's nonsense. Worship has nothing to do with the tune, the notes, the pace worship means literally worship it means to put god in a position of worth worship means i appreciate you as opposed to depreciate cuz you can sing a worship song with a nasty attitude oh yes you can it may sound sweeter but it's still nasty Turn your head and say, "He's not talking about you, though. He really, he's not talking about you." And what happens where where Martha's house is a place that welcomes, that is, it is a place that appreciates. It's also a place of worship, and that is, there's a, it's a place where there is the anointing. And uh, and and in the King James version, Isaiah chapter ten, verse twenty says, twenty seven says, "The anointing." destroys the yoke. And I want to share something with you later, a testimony uh, from per- person once the Sunday school is dismissed. I want, to, I want to share with you what worship does in this house. Isn't it interesting that in this, it, it was in the vicinity of Martha's house that one of Jesus' greatest miracles took place. In John chapter 11, he raised Lazarus, Martha's brother, from the dead. And the name Lazarus means, it's a Hebrew name that means the one who God has helped. Oh, make your house a house of worship. Make make your house a place where, Jesus, you are valued. You are appreciated. How do we appreciate God? By blessing him by blessing him. David got it when he said, I think it's Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all time. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. And then Paul, he kind of changes the words in the New Testament, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then he says to the church in Thessalonica, he says, uh, in everything, not for everything, but in everything, Give God thanks. Give him appreciation because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Mary's name is an interesting name. It is the the Greek name for the Hebrew name Miriam. So Mary and Miriam are the same name. And and Mary's name means obstinate. It means firmly adhering to one's purpose. It means persistent. It means relentless. It means tenacious. It means convinced. Her name means one who is locked in. Oh, to have people who when they come before the Lord, they are locked in. They're not worried about what the weather's going on and what what they're going to cook and who's playing in uh, the football game later on. And they're, they're locked in. God needs tenacious worshipers. God needs persistent worshipers. God needs people who say, I'm going to keep worshiping until you show up. Because he promised in Psalm 22, verse 3, if you will keep praising me, I will show up and change the atmosphere. So maybe if the service is dry, maybe it's because God hasn't gotten received enough worship to show up. He's like, I, would somebody appreciate my presence. He's waiting for the fragrance of our worship. Um I want to show you a picture here. And uh this picture, uh, I, I two weeks ago, I went to St. Paul A.M.E. Church. They were celebrating their church anniversary, well over a hundred years, and the guest speaker was uh, Pastor Leroy Addles, and. Uh, I was my my life this month has been just madness, but I had to I had to go to that service because Pastor Addles when we started growing like crazy, um, our last Easter service here and this was we didn't we didn't have video and downstairs, so our last Easter service we had, and I remember. Two hundred and thirty-seven people in this room. Yeah, that's crazy. That that was mad. We had we had good thing the fire marshal didn't come. In. We had chairs in the vestibule. Like like if somebody rocked, they would. It was I don't even. We were young, and I don't know what was on our mind to do that. We had chairs up the aisle, and so finally we took a risk and we asked St. Paul, "Can we use your church for Easter?" Because they use their church, they use to rent and still do rent Kresge Auditorium for the Easter service. And so I, I wanted to express to him publicly uh, how much we appreciate him. And I walk out of the church and I see this building which is right across the street from St. Paul's. And I'm looking at it and there's a woman next to me who, she goes to St. Paul's and she's, and she's looking at the same building and she says, Lord, Lord, bring these people. Bring people in that apartment building because there's going to be about 220 to 240 units in that building. Bring them to St. Paul's. And I was saying to myself, Lord, what are the churches in Cambridge doing to prepare for a possible harvest of these people coming in? And if if people and if you if you've been in Cambridge, there's about 220, 240 units in this building right across from St. Paul. There's another about six or seven-story building uh, connected to H uh H Mart, is it, on Essex Street. They're building all over the place. And I'm saying, God, what is the church, not our church, the church, doing to prepare for a possible harvest? And to prepare for those people it's going to take work if 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 50 people from that building says, "You know what? Let me come in this church." and they get saved. You can't say, "Hey, no, go see go see Elder Roy." We have got to be ready to work. To your name and say you better get ready to work. Revival takes work. Her house was a house of work. Her house, Martha's house, is a house of action. Got to get things done. There's a brother in our church who I, I won't name him, but you know, his favorite term is, you no, know, everybody's chit and chatting. He says, "Okay, let's get some work done." And yeah, let's get work done. Let, we're not here for kumbaya. We're here to get work done. It's quiet in this place. So let me press the pause button. I want all the Sunday school students to stand up. All the Sunday school students to stand up. I don't know if, so, if I have the right mic. Great, great, great. Great, great, great. And Yolanda. Put your hands. Could you pray for our Sunday school students? Could you could you lay hands on if there's a Sunday school student next to you? Lay your hands on them, and we want to pray for them before they leave. Father, we just want to over these students, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that their ears are open; they can see the word today, Lord God. As they depart into their ministries, Lord, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for your protection over them, for your wisdom, Lord God, as you guide and instruct them. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you, children. The Bible says that in the book of Acts, when this revival broke out, 3,000 people got saved. Then one or two chapters later, another 5,000. And the church grew so rapidly that they needed workers. And that's how deacons came into existence in Acts chapter 6 all the word deacon means is servant actually it actually means slave L- let me say this and i know the executive board would appreciate this we we are not going to survive when we're not going to survive if we have one person in this church doing five jobs We, we are not going to survive if we have one person with three, four, five jobs. So I am signaling that if we don't start getting people coming off of the bench and doing something, I don't care if you're handing out a program, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to stop doing. It's quiet in this place. And, 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 and I was talking to a leader, because I told a leader, I, I, I spoke to a leader yesterday, and I said, um, this ministry that you, I, I, I didn't even wait for an executive meeting. I said, this ministry that you're doing, it's, it's stopping. This, is, this will no longer be a part of your ministry. And, and, and they were arguing with me. I said, no, 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 no. And, and I said these words. There's two kind of people in the church. There, there are people who you got to say, come on, get involved. And then there's other people who you say, no, i got to protect you from yourself. I have two friends who told me about grown churches, churches that exploded. And the thing that scared me half to death is they said, what's the sad thing about these churches, bishops, is that they grew so fast that when I went back, every elder, every elder, every elder, every elder's every elder is divorced. Every elder in those two churches, their marriages ended up in divorce. Have a pastor friend, his church grew so fast that he had a nervous breakdown. (laughs) Ministry is no joke. And one of the most precious words that you're going to hear sometimes is the answer, no. I know, my <laughs> sister Kia, she's going to... I shouldn't have said it because now... Um, audio team, destroy this recording. <laughs> there you are, Bishop, you said it. <laughs> but, but folks... D- If you're wondering why we can't do certain things, many of the times we just say, no, we can't do it. We don't have enough manpower or woman power. We need workers. We need workers. We need workers. We need workers. Now here's Martha's problem. Martha's problem really was not that she was working. That wasn't the problem. What struck me is that (laughs) Martha's problem was that she was working at the wrong time. Martha, that's why our theme next year is the year of rest. Okay? Hey, no, no, you, you. I'm going to explain what rest is. Rest ain't you kicking up in, like you having a, having a virgin pina colada, virgin pina colada in Barbados or something. No, that's not what we're talking about. Now, who are we going to rest? Woo-hoo, praise the Lord. The Bible says, the kind, there's a rest There's a rest, Hebrews chapter 4, there's a rest that awaits the people of God and it says, he who has entered into God's rest has stopped working. In other words, this place of rest is when you get into a place of God where he does the work and you don't. Some of you are working too hard. You're trying to make something happen. God says, if you would spend time with me, I'll make it happen. It's not work. It's not. It's not neglecting work. It's working smarter, not harder. This is the thing that struck me, because there's some Martha's in this church. So let me speak to you. Martha had her schedule, or they say in England, schedule. She had her to-do list. God help some of you if you don't. Finish your to-do list. Mm. If the Holy Spirit says, stop right here and go to sleep, you're like, no, God, I have to finish the list <laughs> in the name of me. <laughs> to look straight, look straight, look straight, look straight. But this is what struck me all the way. I never, I never saw this. Maybe this is just a translation. The Bible says that Martha, it's not that, she, it's not that she told Jesus to get her sister to help. The Bible says she interrupted Jesus. Jesus is, I mean, he is dropping some knowledge and she's like, hey, hey, stop! Stop, Jesus! Make her help me! There are some churches... That Jesus is speaking and they interrupt him. Are you the type of person who Jesus is speaking and you interrupt him? It's quiet in here. Are you the type of person that, that Jesus is speaking but you still keep on your device? You still gotta watch whatever you're watching, listen to whatever you're listening to? Turn your name and say, stop interrupting Jesus. No. She interrupted what Jesus was doing. He wants to do some work. The, word, the name Martha means uh, mistress. And mistress is an Aramaic word. means mistress. And mistress is not what, you know, the the the, the connotation of, you know, having an, an, an uh, an affair or an extra woman. No, that's not what mistress means. Mistress means a female governess, a female teacher, a keeper of the house. Uh, The word mistress means a woman who has control, authority, and power. She is handling business. We need a church that is a welcoming church, a church that is a worshiping church, Appreciates God and a church that is a working church that there is action. Uh, on Monday night, if you show this picture, um, I was really excited. On Monday night, um, we have a, a arm a ministry in Salt called Good Work God Works, and uh, Sister Nia Young was uh, she's a strength finders coach, didn't even know that. And so there's about 30 people in that room who she was teaching on how to find your strength. And the point is is that as we, as people are finding what they're good at, we're helping them to work more efficiently. And there were people in that room that I didn't know, never met, and, and and the reason why I say that is that they they there's a um, I've been going through a few uh, what do you call it, surveys, and one of the biggest surveys on millennials is done by Fuller uh, Theological Institute, uh, Fuller, Fuller Theological Seminary in California. They did one of the most extensive studies of young people, and and. What is frightening is that the reason why most young people don't go to church is because they say church has no relevance to my life. Church has no relevance to my life. And so when we have something like this where people, young people are, are assisted where, where there's, a, there's a strength finder coach that says, hey, let me, let me teach you Let me help you discover what you're really good at. Then you get a room full of people like that. Next picture. Um, It's kind of, it's it's not funny, but every once in a while when I tell people who don't live here what goes on in this neighborhood, the first look they gave me is shock, like you mean I've been coming to this church all this time i i was <laughs> i I was sharing with somebody, yeah, we have a ba- we we did a basketball league because in may uh there were two drive by well, there was one drive by shooting and another walk by shooting at five o'clock in the afternoon, and they looked at me like you you mean you mean here? I said, yeah, right in front of our church and and it was almost like, why why didn't somebody tell me this neighborhood could be that dangerous but here's the point, the point is so after it made the two drive-by, walk-by shootings, and to praise God, nobody got, um, well, they got hurt, but nobody got killed. In fact, this is the first, I think this is the first murder-free summer som- summer, in Cambridge in a few years, by the grace of God. But we did 3 or 3 league. And, uh, and so there's a guy, and I asked for his permission, a guy named Jeff, who I see out there all the time. And, you know, Jeff sometimes can be very... Very boisterous, um, um. but but when we did the league, we got to know Jeff, and he's he's Jeff is uh, in the yellow. He's the tall, light skinned guy in the yellow to the uh, oh to the left of Alderoy. Everybody see him? So that's Jeff, and we got to know him, and uh, you know don't get in a comment, don't get in an argument with him about uh durant and uh lebron uh that 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 that's gonna but yeah, those of us who know jeff but he's a real good guy real good guy, but he needs to be connected to his destiny and I remember Jeff coming to church a few years ago and he had before it was before it was uh, a style he had his man bun and I remember him we talked and and me and Jeff were cool, uh, but for some reason, whatever the reason was, he, he felt that our church wasn't welcoming. Um, you know, and that's what I heard later. But anyways, we reached out to him and, and I, I could tell that his perspective was changing about the church as, as we were now engaging him and talking to him. Well, by the grace of God, uh, as you know, uh, um, so that's Jeff. And then, let me show you the new picture of Jeff. Yeah, that's the same guy. I saw Jeff Monday. Uh, Brother Chris Hope is doing this project called the Loop Lab. And what it's basically doing is and they have this uh, really amazing uh, uh, technological teacher and basically teaching these young people um, um, how to be advanced in technology and praise God for what God's using Brother Chris to do. He's in the process of setting up internships in places like Google. So I'm looking at Jeff And I'm saying, wow, now that's a face of a man who says the church matters. He doesn't need, praise God for hallelujah, thank you Jesus, but Jeff needs people who are going to work with him to change his destiny. And one day, When Jeff comes in this church, because he will, I'm going to say to Jeff, Jeff, welcome home, brother. (laughs) We've been waiting for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship God for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help us to be Martha's house. A house where Jesus is welcome, but also his guests are welcome. His neighbors are welcome. Help us to be a place where there is worship, where where God is valued. Valued enough that we're willing to even give our money, our treasure. For you, Lord. Mary gave a whole year's salary to you. She valued you. Help us to be a place, Holy Spirit, where work gets done, where work gets done, where works gets done. We're all going to have to stand before you at the end of life and give an account for what we've done in this work, in this world and you're either going to say well done or you're going to say you didn't do well and lord there's no there's no rewards from heaven for for sitting on a pew our mission lord our mission what you gave us is restoring lives that are broken by the consequences of sin to the place where these very same lies bring honor and glory and credit to God. Lord, I see guys like Jeff walking these streets of Cambridge and having known Jeff no know often for years, I finally actually know his name and To see him smile like that and to let him know that I'm praying for you regularly. For your success. Hopefully, Lord, years from now when he's married and has a great job and has children, he can look back on the year 2018 and say, that's when my life changed because I got in contact with Martha's house, a church that's not just talking, but a church that's doing the works of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. As every head is bowed and every eyes closed, You've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You 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 are not going to find and discover the purpose for which you were created. It's not to say that you're not going to be good at certain things, but oh you're, you're just not going to find the plan of God. You were created for a purpose. You're not a mistake. God is not trying to figure out what to do with you. He has a perfect plan for you, but his, his thought is, I need you to ask me, the Lord's saying, I need you to ask me to come into your life so that I can begin to show you what I, why I created you. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you never asked him to come into your life. He wants to come into your life today. And maybe you're here and you used to walk with the Lord and you're like, man, I'm not walking with God at all. I I got away from church, I got away from God. And the beauty of God is that you ran away from him only to find him in this room waiting for you. So as every head is bowed and every head is closed, I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not even going to ask you to stand. But if, if you're here and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. If that's you, could you slip up your hand? I'll see that hand and I'll, I'll include you in this final prayer. If that's you, you want to receive Christ, slip your hand up. God bless you. I see your hand. Amen. Is there somebody else? Slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. No, maybe you're coming back to the Lord. Put your hand up. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Everybody repeat after me. And the person who put up their hand, I want to make sure that you say the same things. Uh, dear Lord, your word says, whoever calls upon you shall be saved, shall be rescued. And so, Jesus, I'm calling on you. Come in my heart. Save me. Rescue me from myself and for your purpose. Thank you for hearing that prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we prepare for um, as we prepare for next Sunday, just to give you the lay to land, and I'm going to ask you to if you're on PTCB, uh, you know, our online community, uh, electronic community community, uh, Service where you can find out what's going on in the church. Uh, those of you on PTCB, and if you're not, you can you can easily get on. Even if you don't come to this church, please be on the lookout so we can give you some instructions on 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 how that service is going to go. Because uh, this service is going to be a little bit different. We are, we are aware that talking about sexual abuse. Uh, is going to trigger some folks and so we have some plans for that Uh, we encourage you to bring your friends uh, bring people who want to be ministered to Um, we're we're already going to I I have three goals for this service the first goal is to let people know that we know you're out there Uh, and you don't have to be silent anymore we know you're out there the second thing that we want people to know is that not only do we know you're out there, but Pentecostal Tabernacle is a safe place. For example, and we'll give these instructions, it, it's a safe enough place that if while I'm preaching, you're triggered, you, you are free to get up and walk out because you need space. This is a safe place. And the third thing is that this conversation will continue. Okay. We, we know that this is going to be a long journey to recovery. But you're going to, I know this term is used sarcastically, but I'm using this term literally. I believe that next Sunday for many is going to be the beginning of getting your life back. The service is going to go the, the, like this. Uh, the Sunday school students will be all released uh, with the exception of high schoolers. Uh, and and uh, obviously if there's some parents who want their junior high schoolers to attend, that's, that's a parent's prerogative. Um, secondly, I'm going to share a sermon. Uh, then I'm going to show a video. Uh, by a church that's really on the cutting edge of this. Um, that's a four-minute video. And then we have two people from our church who are going to share their personal stories. And one of the reasons why I didn't want some volunteer from someplace else is that, um, is that I wanted to pick people who you know and who you can see with your own eyes the restorative power of God and what he can do to help people get their lives back. Let me read this for you and then uh, Lady Kama will come and greet you. Uh, Someone sent this to me this last week after I announced if you remember last Sunday announced that we're going to have this service uh, on in two weeks we're going to have a service that is dedicated strictly to ministering to those who've been sexually abused. And so they, someone sent me uh, this message, and they said, this, Dear Mr. Bryan, when you mentioned that you were going to, sp- when you mentioned what you were going to speak on, I froze. I experienced anxiety and fear. Because, I, because of the temporary flashback of how painful the whole ordeal that I went through was. From that moment on, I couldn't concentrate on anything else. I wondered how the aftermath of opening Pandora's box was going to be handled on Sunday, October 28th. I do know that for me, healing mainly took place in the house of God. Bishop, I've always heard you say that God is always speaking. And every time I heard the word and the worship in PT, like an onion, God peeled away another layer of the pain caused by my past. PT has been my lifeline to restoration. Over time as I sat in PT and heard the word, God downloaded with complete clarity answers to my hows and the whys. I began to understand my value, hence my dignity was restored. Another layer peeled and the process continues. Also, since this is Clergy Appreciation Month, I wanted you to know that I am a blessed woman. God loves me so much that he placed me in the care of another pastor, a pastor with the same temperament and love for the word and love and compassion of God's people, humility, and most importantly, integrity, that my former pastor had. May God continue to replicate you in the generations that follow to reach the masters for God's glory. The Lord bless and sustain you and your family. The thing that excites me about this is that I really believe that this church was born for the broken. I believe that if you're here who were broken and you're hurt, God loved you so much that he created this church just for you. So I encourage you to bring people that you know that are hurting and that are broken and that they can come to the altar and begin the journey of getting their lives back. Amen.